Welcome back, everyone, to the ENC podcast. Uh, today, we have a very special guest with us on the podcast, and now I'm going to let him introduce himself in a second, but I would just encourage you all to pay attention and uh, gain as much as you can from it. And if you have any questions or want to follow up, feel free to email us in our office. And if you have any questions specific for Benji, feel free to let us know and we can reach out to him as well for you. Okay, so um, Benji, thank you so much for being here. And Isla Williams is also here with us. Galliana Williams is also here with us to uh, talk to Benji for a bit. And Benji, we're so excited to just hear you speak. Um, so would you start by just introducing yourselves for us? Would love to. Yeah, thank you so much, Moesha and Isla, uh, and the whole kind of Kaufman initiative. Uh, I'm so excited to be here with you all. My name is Benji, right? I'm from Boston, um, and not like outside of Boston, like some people claim Boston, but they're really not from, but I'm from Boston. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, this has nothing to do with anything, but I love the office, I don't know if that gives me points at ENC, but but some places it does. Uh, and up yeah, the office mug, if you could. Yeah, see. <laughs> holding up the office mug. And um, yeah, I'm excited to get into this conversation and uh, build the church. But I think that that's a lot of my passions. I love the church, uh, and and I feel like uh, when we talk about justice, sadly we have to preface our love for the church, right? So so. Uh, it doesn't come off too combative or or against the church, but but I'm a huge fan of the church, of what God is doing through the church and calling us into, uh, and hopefully you all are a part of that mission as well. So Benji, my first question for you, based on the um, the video that you sent us for the Kaufman Initiative, and uh, for those of you who are uh, listening to this and have not watched. Benji's video yet, I would encourage you to do so. Um, so Benji, my question for you would be, uh, you talked about this idea that we, this concept that we misinterpret Jesus um, a lot of the times. So my question would be for the ENC community listening, especially pertaining to college students, um, what mindset or basic steps that could we take to find out who Jesus really says he is and what simple or basic ways that could be taken to not make sure that we're not misinterpreting Jesus? Yeah, that, that's a, a phenomenal question. Um, and, and I'd love to start it off with a story, right? Uh, back in 2016, I would have been an undergrad at Gordon College. Uh, and, and it was the presidential election that year, right? I did not vote. Uh, I don't know if I should be confessing that. But I didn't vote. And part of it was, hey, I'm in Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts is going to vote Democrat anyways. So my vote kind of doesn't matter. Uh, what I did, though, know was the talking points, right? I didn't really know much, but I had a couple talking points. Uh, and it was enough to carry me by. And I think oftentimes with our faith story, we have a lot of talking points, uh, right? Either we grew up in church or or we kind of got to know the Lord later in life, but then we've kind of developed the five or six kind of points of like, oh yeah, this is good. This is how you know uh, you're a Christian. Uh, and reality, you know, I, I think I've read the Bible, I've read scripture, and I just see justice inundated through this text. 
from the Old Testament into the New Testament, through Jesus's life, through the letters of Paul, all across scripture, this God that deeply cares about justice. And, and so maybe, you know, a thought, I, I hate to come off bold, but maybe we only know talking points of the faith uh, and not depth, right? I, I think one of the, the, the important parts of, of that video, the video that I, I got to speak at, is it's literally Jesus's first sermon, right? That's, that's up in Luke chapter four, Luke 4, 16 to 21. And it's kind of Jesus's first public witness speaking in the temple. And he's like, hey, this is what I'm here for. And, and for us to not see that text uh, and for us to just gloss over it, or maybe to gloss over the many other passages, uh, I, I, I just have to think that we, we've created talking points, um, but maybe don't see the heart of God in, in the text. Yeah, Benji, uh, thanks for diving deeper with that. I think that's a great point that that idea of talking points and and as you're speaking you know I, I was thinking how when we have those talking points it, it's kind of that safety net like you were saying with mm -hmm. the election it kind of even stops us from digging in deeper to those questions ourselves because we're not um we don't have to in a sense and this is why I love how Jesus asks questions in the scripture. And um, I love that you talked about what you're talking about was a specific question that Jesus asks because he asks them for our benefit, right? He knows yeah. who he is. He's not asking to figure out who he is. Exactly. And so I'm wondering if you could just dive a little deeper into, I'm, I'm sure there could be a few different reasons, but in your opinion, why do you think this was such an important question for Jesus to ask? Who do you say I am? And not just for him to ask, but for us to answer? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and I think in part, um, it's because it's linked to how the people of God, the ancient in the Near East, they understood the word Messiah, uh, right? I, I think there's a huge reality to the thought that you could be around Jesus uh, and still miss out on who he is. You could be around the things of God and still miss out on the heartbeat. And, and I think there were a lot of people who had seen Jesus teach, who had seen his miracles, seen his signs, and yet they still didn't know who he was. You know, I think Jesus asked this question, who do you say that I am? Uh, and for Jesus, I don't think it's an ego boost, right? I, I don't think Jesus is just hanging out like, yo, who, who am I to you? What, what's my name? You know, I, I don't think that's what Jesus is. And, and from a purely like business standpoint, right? Like Jesus is going to ask this question, or, or let's say in a business, you have a product, right? You, you market this product. Uh, and then you go to someone else and you ask them what they think about the, the product itself. And if the, what they say about the product is different from what you've communicated about the product, then that's like a PR nightmare, right? Are, are you guys tracking? Are you guys following along? So, mm -hmm. so for Jesus to ask, who do you say I am? I mean, from a purely business, it's, it's a PR question, right? It's, it's I've said who I am. Uh, I've demonstrated who I am. The Lord himself, God has spoken from the clouds and said who I am, right? The son of God in whom I'm well-pleased. And so if there is this disconnect one, I, I have to question, maybe it's those closest around me who don't know who I am. And so I need to ask the disciples uh, 
who they believe I am to be, but also all of the places that I'm, I'm doing this work, right? What are they saying about me? And, and, and I think, right, this is kind of me just going into uh, my love to, to add a fuller, you know, story or, or paint the scene of the text. I'd love to imagine uh, that if they were wrong, right, if Peter was wrong, <laughs> Jesus would have, you know, rashed him. Jesus would have, Jesus already says to Peter, get behind me, Satan, right? Like Jesus would have corrected them and, and really made it clear who he was. Now I mentioned the Messiah a bit ago because the Messiah was the anointed one, right? The Messiah was the one that the Jewish culture had believed would bring the kingdom of God. And, and this concept of Messiah wasn't new in Jesus's day. Right. So there would be other people saying, like, I'm the Messiah. Right. And even in the intertestamental period, there were people who professed to be the Messiah. There, there's actually a passage. Man, I, I forget where it is, um, but I believe it's, it's Nicodemus. And, and they're trying to kill Jesus. And, and he makes this point like, hey, different, you know, leaders, religious people who said they were the Messiah before have come and gone. And so if he is the Messiah, like we'll see the fruit of that. But if he isn't, it'll just end just like the others. And, and I think like to that point of Messiah, the Messiah was the deliverer. The problem is we now understand the Messiah as just the deliverer from individual sin and piety. Uh, that right, I've I've done wrong, I've sinned, uh, and Jesus saves me through that. Amen. Yes, one hundred percent true. And there is this call. There, there, there's this role that the Messiah through Jesus brings in bringing justice as well. That the two work hand in hand. And so this promised one of God, this this Savior of all, came to deliver us from sin and from injustice as well. Because, let me just add on to that, because injustice is sin. And I don't think we call injustice sin enough. That's a totally different point. But I don't think we call injustice sin enough. No, it's a great point though, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just reflecting and pondering on that last part. I don't think we call injustice sin. That's something to think about a lot. You're right. We don't think about it that way enough. <laughs> um, and speak, go ahead. <laughs> no, and, and, and here's why. I, I think a part of it is that we've made justice or, or talking about injustice a political pawn, right? And so it carries so much weight that we would rather, and I say we, not saying all Christians, right? Not saying everyone does this, but I think there's a good number of people who believe they know Jesus, right? When they ask the question, who do you say I am? They would say Jesus is the Lord and Savior. But because the word justice is such a political word now, for some reason, they would rather find all of the reasons why Jesus isn't one who brings justice or why God isn't the one who cares about justice. And, and, and justice isn't trendy to God. 
right? I, I think the role of the preacher, the role of the people, it's always one who reminded, right? And so God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and people like Moses would call them back. The prophets would call them back. Why? Because the people of God would always forget. And, and here we are, I think, at another moment where the people of God have, have forgotten. Uh, and, and by people of God, I, I say Christians, but also the wide majority of the world who isn't Christian. They don't know about the God of justice, right? And, and in their search for justice, in their search for right and wrong, they're looking for God. They're looking for someone that says there is good, there is beauty, there is truth. But there is no one speaking in that gap. And, and that's a huge problem. All because it's it's become a, a weighted, loaded term that we'd rather run away from. So let's dive into that last part of what you said about they don't know the God of justice. Mm. And um, not even talking about Christians who may have forgotten or don't know. I mean, even non-believers who may be listening to this and are just interested. Um, can you, <laughs> this is definitely not a like a five minute discussion, <laughs> but for the, for the sake of time, can you share um, what the good news is and why justice is so important to that cause for Jesus? Just for those who may have forgotten um, or are seeking to learn for the first time. I, I guess I'm asking, like, why is it that Jesus thought justice matters so much and why should it matter to us? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and, and, and I think. A part of that, you know, when we look at Gen Z, right, I think we often hear uh, they are the most cause-oriented generation. They're here to bring the most change. They're, they're the pioneers. They're, they're here to upset some things. They're here to bring justice. Um, and, and I think one thing we don't realize is Gen Z is also one of the most generations disconnected from the church, right? I, I just heard the statistic yesterday that what, for the first time in history, uh, there's actually less people in the States going to church or identifying as Christian than ever before. Uh, and probably some of that is because people were just nominal Christians, right? Probably some of that was uh, for a myriad of different reasons, right? But it points to like, hey, there, there is this deep need to speak on justice. Like you mentioned, there's this deep need for the church to speak on justice, but we're not doing so. And I think when we think about the good news, right? I, I love that you use that word, right? The gospel, the good news. It can't be good news unless it's good news to everybody. Right? I, I think... When you, read, when you read the book of Mark, Mark is such a political gospel. When, when you read the book of Mos, uh, Romans, not Moses, Romans, it, it's such a political text. I mean, Mark, Mark starts off with, this is the good news, right? Where, where Rome would have been touting of how like we bring the good news. We have established Pax Romana. We understand peace. We, we know what this is. But, but here comes Mark actually going contra to that, like, actually, no, everything you thought about good news falls in comparison to Jesus. There's a story 
where Jesus is, is telling this parable about the persistent widow. Uh, Luke, I would say Luke 8. Uh, um, and, and he tells this parable, most people know it as the persistent in prayer, right? And he tells this parable of the widow uh, who goes to the judge over and over again uh, because there was some wrong done to her, right? There was some injustice on her end and, and she persists in prayer and, and eventually, right, she gets her justice. And, and I think we read that story and, and I think a lot of us strip the, the, the importance of justice in that story, right? So it just becomes a story about persisting in prayer, right? And about knocking on the throne room of heaven to get what you wanted, uh, right? Amen, amen. I'm all about big faith. I'm all about going before the Lord in faith. What we don't realize about that text, what we don't realize about that story is all throughout the Old Testament, God has given clear indications, clear commands to his people to stand for justice, right? So Psalm 146, 7 to 9, God upholds the widow. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, 17, 18. Exodus 22, 22. Deuteronomy 27, 19. Isaiah 1, 17. Micah 6, 8. Luke eleven forty two. 42. Woe to those who don't uphold and fight for the widow. And, and I think all of these texts when Jesus is reading, when Jesus is telling this parable to a largely Jewish audience, they would have had these kind of scripture, they would have had this awareness, this picture of the God of justice in their mind. And so this text actually leads us to the question, where were the people of God while this widow was facing injustice? I think that that's the huger, the bigger problem in the text. Right. It's, it's not that, you know, she kept bothering and going after the judge or that she got her thing at the end of the day. But no, it was all of the people that the text commanded were supposed to support and stand for the widow were silent. And I think when we think of our faith and when we think of justice today. It becomes integral for us not to be silent in the face of injustice. Right, right. Jesus literally commands us not to. And, and, and I fear that we just have a growing number of people who would rather be silent than seek the Lord. Right. Who would rather be silent than hear from the Lord, who would rather ignore the question, who do you say that I am, than actually do the work of hearing the heart of God, the spirit of God and the son of God and how he communicates himself. Yeah. Oh, so many things we could touch on there, Benji. Um, I wish we had more than 20 minutes, but I, <laughs> I love that you mentioned silence um, because silence can be such a gift. And yet when used in this con in context, it is such the opposite of that, right? It's yeah. a, it's a, a weapon really it you know it's our a not using of our gifts that we could be giving um to stand with the widow those people didn't didn't speak up and i've never asked that question before while reading that passage and that is just a, a wonderful one um and you mentioned in, in your video that idea of jesus answering our spiritual and physical needs and why that's so important and 
it strikes me as I'm listening to you talk further about justice, how much injustice affects our spiritual and physical mm. um, needs. Like if we experience, if we're on the receiving end of injustice, both are affected. And so the fact that justice is such an integral part, you know, Jesus as liberator, as yeah. um, Dr. Esau Macaulay would, <laughs> would mention, mm-hmm. that is so, um, such an important piece of who we say, who we say Jesus is. So I'm so glad you're touching, touching on that. Amen. Yeah. And, and I think, right. Jesus came for the whole person. Uh, you know, I, I had a pastor <laughs> back in the day. I don't know if this is uh, politically correct. I don't know if this is even allowed to be said, but uh, he was like, listen, God cares more than just your spiritual life, right? God's mission isn't just for you to get to heaven. Uh, if it were, uh, you would have gotten saved, Benji. Then we would have taken you out back, popped the shotgun, boom, sent you to heaven. <laughs> and and right, it, it sounds crazy, right? And yet, I think it's true, right? That that God came, Jesus came, and He there. There's this impact on our eternal life, right? Our 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 eternal life, life ever after. But also, my faith changes how I interact here and now. My faith has very strong implications for how I see my neighbor, for who I call my neighbor, for for who I choose to distance myself from, for who I advocate for, stand up for, but also for who I choose to be intentionally silent on. And here's the thing, even to your point, Isla, I think we can choose to be intentionally silent, but sometimes we just don't know. Right. And, and I think for those watching this video, you now know, right? Uh, I, I love that the Bible says, hey, there, there's this greater now responsibility, this weight for those who know. Uh, and and uh, I, I don't say that to condemn you, to beat you down, but it's an invitation, right? In knowing something a bit more clearer, you're now held to a level of accountability. And so I mean, I'm a huge advocate of like, let's continue learning together, right? Let's continue seeking the heart of God together. Let's continue fighting injustice together. I love that the Bible says, you know, one could put a thousand to flight to 10,000, right? That we are stronger together uh, and that our ability, especially as the people of God, especially as the church to fight injustice, to stand for what is right can bring huge change for better or worse, as we've seen. I know we're about to wrap up, but one more thing, Veggie, as you're saying that, that answer, that strikes me as an important piece of answering that question of who do you say I am? Mm-hmm. Because once you now know who Jesus is, mm-hmm. then now we're called to, to live yeah. like it, right? Yeah. To go out and do. So. Amen. That, that last part, Isla, it's so, <laughs> it's powerful and scary at the same time. I've heard like a lot of people, they're like, I don't want to know because I don't want to have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. So that's like a whole another conversation about like completely understanding and getting there, changing your perspective, your mindset to, you know, accept that resp- responsibility and to go into it with that. But that part is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Super, super important. 
Um, so as we're about to wrap up here, um, Benji, and thank you so much for taking the time to do this again. Um, are there any last words that you would like to leave with the ENC community? Yeah, I'd say thanks for having me. Uh, I'd say, uh, you know, I, I love that Dr. Isam Makali was a part of your conference, right? I would say, uh, get your hands on this book. I know they're giving away some free ones. I don't know if you already have as well. Get your hands on this book. Uh, I doubt Dr. McCulley will watch this video, but if you do, I'm, I'm a huge fan and I'm grateful for, for your work in building the kingdom. And lastly, uh, I hope to do this again in person. Uh, you can't limit a black preacher to 10 minutes. This, is, this has been tough. Uh, both the recording and this now. And so thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really hope that this was helpful for the community. This was more than helpful for the community. And we would love to have you in person, you know, post-COVID, <laughs> post-COVID life. But post -COVID. I thank you, Isla, for joining us. And thank you for Benji. Um, for the ENC community listening, I encourage you to listen to Benji's Kaufman video and like he said get to know more learn together and learn exactly who Jesus is learn what he means for all of us and get to know more about why justice is so important to him and um read the stories again just like he said about the persisting woman like there are different perspectives just as Isla mentioned that she didn't think about it in that way so I'd encourage you guys to read more learn more thank you for listening to the ENC podcast and have a good day <laughs>